Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, bots and cons to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Scott of VectorSigma.info, and this is now the second half of this particular week's recording in which we're going to cover the orange spheres and our thoughts on where they stand within the Siege 2 metagame. So without much further ado, please enjoy. So moving from there, let's talk about orange stuff. So we were just talking about wide blue. Let's talk about wide orange. Um, Bugs is still here. They're they're roaches, I guess. They're never going to go away. Sure. (laughs) I mean, they... I think to your earlier point that a combination of factors led to the... a number of things led to the fact that orange still succeeded obviously the decks are still good there are different there are new iterations of old decks there are new archetypes i think other factors went into it also like you said people may be misjudging how specific blue decks play into orange decks and vice versa as well as were there people that consciously made the decision to say all right like we said earlier if no one's going to play orange I'm just going to take those cards out and improve my matchups against other stuff. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Scott? Dude? What are the, the new players here? How do you think this sphere evolves? Does Do any of the things I said just make sense? <laughs> well, let's start with you. Let's start with the older one. So, so I, sure. think the, I, think the, I think the issue with Insecticons is basically like, again, you can give them, you can improve four to five cards every metagame and the deck just gets better because the characters remain the most efficient things you can do at those cost points. Right. We haven't seen clear and true replacements for those where it's like, yeah, don't even bother playing bugs when you could do this other combo. Right. But, but for example, like I I feel like walking into an event and depending on Scrapnel to block a bunch of hits against what should be a concentrated blue metagame makes for a bad day, I would think. But, like, again, of course, it depends on what your matchups are. Facing off against a lot of other orange decks, it remains powerful. If you're if you're facing off against a lot of orange decks that aren't packing direct damage like we saw, which I can't fathom, um, you're still going to be at, at a serious advantage, an even more advantage, especially when you mm-hmm. combo in cards like energy transfer, cards like... Um, Energy yeah, transfer is presumably a blowout if they're not running burn. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that it, <laughs> you just ruin someone's day by playing that. Right. So again, like given that situation, that's what that's what you're gonna run into. Mm-hmm. Um. But again, like the deck remains, it can still even beat a lot of. It, it still remains powerful even within the aggro realm. Not even just the sphere, just because. It is still pushing character, no matter how you slice it. Yeah, and giving it and giving it certain cards is only improving that. Um, so it remains very powerful, very much like a if you ignore it, it's going to beat you type of thing. Absolutely, it's still a powerful threat that you have to respect, whether it's this or other wide aggro decks that we'll get into. And it remains the best for, for the for the battle cards that are in insect. A lot of the time, it is the best whatever that card is deck. Like, in my opinion, mm-hmm. you know, outside of... And, and these are pretty much non-existent now, so I guess the only one that's left at this point 
as a non-combo nature, it's the best piece of tyranny deck, in my opinion. Um, it's it's the best um, I still function deck because I think it's pretty much the only one that runs it effectively. It's obviously the best energy transfer deck because it's the one that runs it, etc. So yeah. So like, even though a lot of other aggro decks are running these cards, it remains best version of those and because those battle cards on their own are so powerful when they're when they work um you can just continue to do unfair things by abusing the battle cards absolutely i mean as you said barring a, a great upheaval i mean <laughs> i'm laughing at people in the chat with the the resident sleepers about bugs but you still have to think about bugs. You gotta, you gotta give them the respect they've earned at this stage. Sure. Um. So, other thoughts from you, Scott, about this particular sphere? Or do you think this is that is the sphere at this stage? No, no, no. I think I think the wide um, airstrike patrol decks are better than decks. I think they're better positioned in the metagame than Insectons is. Although, again, it may be. Specifically to Insecticons, I think it's strategy in general. I think mm. I think the Vegas results bore that out, and then we still have Blaster, right? Which, um, but I think oh god, but, but I think I think the wide airstrike me in various incarnations are the most interesting as well as oh for sure most powerful. I, I what you can do. I do have to wonder just in general if. I mean, the airstrike mechanic wouldn't have been a good wave one thing, and neither would Blaster for that matter. But if, it'd be really bad without the green card. Yeah, it would, probably wouldn't look out worked out okay for them. Yes. But let's assume a bunch of things flip scenarios. Would people feel have so much hatred for Blaster as they would as they do bugs if Blaster was first? You know what I mean? Or is it just because these are these ideas are fresher? That it they don't get quite the the vitriol surrounding them. The idle musing for me that that doesn't necessarily have to be a talking point, but no, I think the issue is more that um, I think people feel that the blaster deck was still at the whim of the battle deck, say. So you still have to get a decent clip off of playing the card free, as opposed mm. to your characters just being better than others at their cost mm -hmm. and having I think the big thing why people think it's unfair with Insecticons is because you have five drops with twelve. I can no I could accept can that as that. a reasonable explanation. <laughs> and no other deck can field that. And and again, mm -hmm. I think would I think I think this is a lot of where the way that the game was created and having uh Having the star cost not like you can't just divide power by star cost and come up with like the most efficient deck possible. Mm -hmm. Like the deck has to work together. So the reason why kickback swings for that much damage is because you're playing an insecticon deck. You you don't you don't see play anywhere else. Well, so yeah. <laughs> you know, so so but but that's the point. Like you can't just stick him someplace. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 not like he really costs five. It's like he costs. Whatever the Insecticon deck costs, like it yeah. doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with the cassettes. Same thing with Blaster. Mm -hmm. 
their cost is basically like whatever it takes to build the deck. Mm-hmm. And it just happens to work out that because there's no other way that you can run these characters together. Right. So it just doesn't work out as well. So, so that's where I just feel that that's where a lot of people find vitriol for it. And it's just from, and I don't want to say it's a lack of understanding of how it actually works, but it's just a, it takes a lot for somebody to get that, to understand that. And like, mm-hmm. it kind of just doesn't. Well, I mean, that only goes so far to, you know, soothe your ego after getting thrashed by it for the umpteenth time yeah. now that the deck has been around forever. But uh, yeah. that that does logically make sense and is a better explanation than probably what I would have come up with. So um, so to bring it back to the, to the Spheres discussion, the, the four wide blue stuff, as you indicated, seems to be suffering a bit. Do you feel that this particular Sphere overall is comparatively suffering? No, not at all. Like, mm-hmm. um... I do believe that the like the airstrike patrol and not insecticons, but I do believe that the airstrike decks have a chance of beating the three wide aggro. I mean, I'm sorry, three wide control decks, mm-hmm. just by nature of having so many at the same time. If this is where again, like the three wide control decks have to be running range cards, or else kind of don't stand a chance because right. the characters you're being attacked with don't have stealth. I mean, I'm sorry, have stealth. At, at various times so like if you're not trading you only have one character that can really trade with one of theirs so the game automatically drags out of course if you have a four if you have a four drop that's attacking you like i don't know seven or eight or like with one, like seven or eight base plus yes. plus upgrades and and um actions you know you really can't compete with that by swinging back with a flame war. It's like yeah, so, it's just not getting the job done, right? So again, I think there are ways that the the battle decks of the three wide control decks can adjust themselves to respect these decks a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're purposely slanting yourself matchups in your main deck, and even either not at all or in your sideboard, or just not effectively in your sideboard. It's not going to work out well for you because I just I do think that even though even though they are favored over them, um, even though three in my opinion three I control favored over them, if they're not built correctly, this is exactly what comes into play. Mm. But specifically in this case for the wide airstrike patrol decks, I do believe, however, that Psychicons are extremely worse against three wide control than they used to be in the past. Gotcha. I mean, it, it makes sense, given the way things have borne out as well. So we have some yeah. evidence to support that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, any other things you wanted to add for the wider orange stuff? I mean, I have it up here as four wide aggro. I guess hypothetically there, there's five wide plus variants as well. But I guess the only other thing was somebody brought up, I, and again, this is all subject to... Uh, what people played against, but I know there was like, for example, another deck. I think went undefeated. Another Today, patrol like deck, a, you said? Yeah, like offer patrol with them. Like that I know that mm-hmm. um, there were different seven drops being represented with airstrike, scrapnel, and yeah, that one I like did that. hear about uh, the uh, the scrapnel one. I remember seeing or 
Yeah. Like watching the game, but I remember seeing people posting about it afterwards. So the four wide patrol, whether it be off-road or airstrike with a seven drop is an option to go or the 11 or 12 drop with the other guys was another way to go. Right. Um, whether, whether it's with star cards or so I think just, I think those are where I would focus my attention as opposed to you can fix insecticons if you want. I just believe that there's almost nothing to make themselves stand out against the, a three wide agro sphere. Unless mm. those three wide control, I'm just three wide control sphere. Unless those three wide control again aren't running, and that's more of a factor of what they're doing or not doing, as opposed to anything. That as long as you're a reasonable bug stack, it's it's up to them almost as to whether they're prepared. Well, I mean, it is up to them whether they're prepared. It's up to them as to what your matchup is going to look like. Is what you're saying? Correct. It's not really up to you. Like I think you're walking. You should expect to be walking at a serious distance. So if you're expecting that to be a large majority of the meadow, like we are, myself, focusing mm. more on the on the patrol. Gotcha. Uh, so I think that'll probably close it up for the the wider aggro stuff. We'll be yep. closing up with the taller aggro stuff, I guess, and then yep. moving into any other sorted stuff that we may have missed or want to revisit. So three wide orange things. I know I played against, there was there was a lot of springers running around aside from combo oriented ones. So there were just straight up springer aggro decks. Uh, what else do you feel falls in here that's either a new player or is going to catch people's eyes? I mean, obviously the general prime, the Sentinels, Ian deck, Yep. Falling as well, as well as tanks that I still don't think are very good, but people yeah. still like them. So well, tank I'll <laughs> I'll say tanks are fun. It's fun to hunker down and just be like composite armor, composite armor, composite armor, but I don't know if that's enough. <laughs> I mean Yeah. So <laughs> I mean that being said, uh, like so I so I think uh, as we could recount ourselves. I mean, th- I mean, it's fine now. I mean, we can admit it. Like, we didn't find in playtesting this to be a sphere that we could find a deck that was good enough. To be yeah. honest with you, I mean, there were some um, that showed promise. I I will say there's, and there's some that I want to revisit now that we're not in crunch time. But yeah, overall, it just it wasn't working out. <laughs> well, like for example, I heard, and and this might fall also something that we didn't talk about in. Um, but can kind of bridge the gap between the two. Like, and I heard an interview uh, earlier today, which I'll echo as well. Cars decks would go here, and they seem to be extremely poorly positioned in this metagame, um, given the results that I, I heard. I would so, tend to agree. Yeah, so despite them getting a lot more plays, especially from maybe there's just something there that hasn't been discovered yet. It seemed like they were extremely poorly positioned. Um, yeah. So, like, that's one situation. I still think this sphere suffers heavily to wide aggro, which I, you know, as, as stated earlier. Yeah, there hasn't been power. a... There hasn't been a breaker there to to flip it around. I mean, there are, of course, ways, like, bolster tricks or, you know, if, if you decide to run your own 
ram horn or there are other ways to try and cheat force field effects to try and do it but it it's going to be inconsistent compared to well they just start with four guys you need to draw the things that you have to find right so i, I mean the main power that this remains should be against the three wide controls right and problem here is it remains an uphill climb because the cards that the control decks received are just simply more powerful options the aggro decks got so like you know you have to find ways to run some of the or you know continue to run in my opinion things like one shell stamp i just don't think you can get myself up to 17 isn't happening like i, I just don't think that's a strategy that works when your opponents have 20 and 21 and 17 health yeah you're not just obliterating battlefield legend on the other side in one shot right and then going all right good luck beating me with flame war and hot rod like that's not the scenario that it's coming down it's yeah you tagged me for 15 i still might have 14 more health to go at that point or i might just block eight of it pretty easily exactly through use of secret actions and things like that. So, you know, and ubiquitous secret actions that should be seeing play across right. the table. Absolutely. Um, so, it's, it's, so it's kind of easy. It's easier for the control deck to answer than it is find answers that don't exist. Right. Um, so, you know, like, like having to go to too tall to me is not a winning strategy against when you should already be ahead in that matchup to begin with. Well, that was the one of the spheres that I was going to ask you about, since it's literally not on the diagram, too tall orange, obviously we saw that become a post-board strategy, but based on <laughs> that statement, it, it doesn't sound like you're a fan of the entire idea. I mean, I guess I'm, I mean, I'm on record saying I wouldn't do it from a, I wouldn't have sideboarded that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think it's just easier for things to break right for you as the three wide, um, pouring a lot of damage on, especially when you're using that those specific characters. Um, I understand why it works out. Like you could have big flashy numbers, and I do think against Shockwave, it's a little more advantageous to go that route than it is against. That makes sense. Say any any of the other because it, the damage output. You're winning through discard, not getting up to gigantic numbers like the other guy. Right, right. Um, I guess you could. I would have to test it against Jetfire. I would do that. I mean, I obviously without testing it, I can't really speak intelligently to it. The entire <laughs> premise, the first time that I saw it in action, was on Championship Sunday. So, again, it's just quantity of games but i i see your point where it's again on paper you should already be an advantage going to those lengths does not bode well for the sphere as a whole i mean yeah i just don't think it's necessary and i think you're already in it so go that route Mm -hmm. um but on the flip side i don't think i don't think i don't think that means you change the side for I just yeah because there are certain ways where it's powerful. I just think that 
this again, I think, goes into play where there is no. I, I think the major factor here is there is no, especially the tournament that was the first time in the meta, is because there was no clear winner in a sphere, for example, if you were even thinking mm-hmm. in that. Um, you kind of were like, well, I did this against A, so I should also do this against A1. And, and that's not always going to be the case, depending on the matchup. Right. I mean, the logic I follow, it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Again, if you're looking at it from a sphere perspective, they roughly, you know, like we were talking about earlier, Prime, Jetfire, Shockwave, at the 10,000 foot view fit into the, the same bucket, but because of the, the nuances of each of those decks doesn't quite always play out exactly how it does on the whiteboard. Yeah. Because ultimately when you're, when you're, if you are only left with one character at a significant disadvantage to the one, Mm -hmm. that's the way I see it. Whereas if you start three wide main three, if it becomes two on one, um, in all likelihood, the one is heavily damaged because it should be your major target. But at the same time, you should be an advantage of being able to put out two attacks per versus Makes them sense. only. Right. Obviously, there's a lot of things that go into it because you have to throw out the individual games to some extent just because there's a lot of weird things that could happen in a specific instance. But point being is that you... These are all generalities as mm-hmm. people are listening to this, just to put that out there before people, you know, jump to any conclusions on that front. It's um, just a way to keep it, keep it organized. Right. Um, so beyond all of these spheres, or, or was there anything else you want to add on three white orange before we step away from that? No, I still think it remains the most undiscovered country if even mm-hmm. something exists going I really feel like there is something, but that of all of these, you'll probably disagree, but I feel like the three wide against wider orange, there's such a gulf that you have to try and cross that I don't want to say it's unwinnable, but it always feels that way when I'm playing it as compared to some of the other matchups where they're bad, but this feels worse. Yeah, I agree. I I just think that... um... I think there are ways to adjust what seemingly was a bad matchup in the mm-hmm. of wider aggro versus um, three wide control. There's ways to probably work on that matchup to your advantage as the aggro deck than it would right. try to find a three aggro because I just don't. Yeah. Uh, I do find myself drawn to a lot of them because of specific characters and certain lineups or certain battle cards, but I know I've haven't found it yet <laughs> we'll see what no. the future brings um so among the things that we didn't touch on do you feel that there is a or do black pips influence any of these spheres do you think that there's an independent one anything along those lines not that's not unless something takes me by surprise no i think that i think the best use of those would just be to them as a smattering within as a supplemental as opposed to I'm playing a black black pip deck yes gotcha yes I, I don't think that like you should be leaning into I don't know what it is like, 
you know, five double black pips or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because uh, because ultimately, as you the 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 caveat that like, well, my you know, for attack pierce four, like, did you real like all you really basically did against? Let's just say you you ran up against a two defense aggro deck. All you really did was flip two arms. Right. Their their two defense couldn't help you. If it's against blue, you basically nullified their flip. So I, I think I think we need the meta to get to a basically either you know you're going to be facing more control than aggro, or you and you specifically when you do face aggro, facing aggro two or and I don't know that we're like we're at that. Yeah. Why for that to matter? As a whole, I since we had mentioned it earlier when we were talking about a combo sphere or just combo in general, that it appears that it's supposed to be, you know, the the scissors for the paper of control decks. I'm a little, I mean, I get the, and again, I don't want to rehash the whole argument. I understand the concept of everything is on this linear axis of do more damage, do less damage, and then this is, okay, this is completely perpendicular because it's doing something totally different. But I'm surprised that it wasn't a black pip deck, quote-unquote, is not the thing that changes the relationships to keep those control decks in check. Maybe just mathematically, because like you said, it it you need a lot of things to go right for you to even be keeping pace so maybe just that strategy as a whole is never going to work out but it is just taking a step back looking at the game as a whole that it's interesting that that element wasn't pushed more to try and counterbalance the increase in control decks i think because ultimately unless you like unless we somehow and there aren't a lot of these, like a lot of like white black cards, or like I don't know, playing flame, whatever the black flamethrower is, or whatever. Oh, a smoke thrower. Yeah, like let's just say you hypothetically had a double black pip deck. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just very difficult unless you were able to guarantee yourself getting to Pierce four, five, six guaranteed on every single hit. Mm-hmm. That like it ever makes sense that you should lean into that strategy as and the just problem getting incremental amounts off of other yeah it seems to fight itself because even in that scenario let's say you could reasonably expect to hit pier six just somehow I don't know how but let's uh-huh. say you could so you need a six attacker right like base without help because some of these cards like some of the cards you're playing would have to go in there why aren't you just playing an orange deck and then buffing the six attack guy to 17, like we were talking about earlier? Um, yeah, it, the, the, the Pierce chart remain the Pierce chart remains mm-hmm. heavily slanted towards going one direction. Yeah, it's... Because the, the, mm-hmm. the sweet spot just doesn't exist, isn't... Right. Yeah, it's... It's unfortunate uh, that you need that that perpendicular line with the combo decks or it, uh, unfortunately it's not the the best way to phrase it but it the fact that you couldn't do it with the black pips i think is unfortunate not necessarily that it has to be combo to be this check on the power level of other strategies yeah that's fair but i get like you were just describing i don't know if it ever could be that way um 
without like, you know, the game going back and rebuilding it from the ground up kind of thing. I mean, I don't think we can push like triple black pips like that like, mm. too too much without like star costing. Yeah, it, it gets weird. It, like if you th- there are actually a, a fair number of double black pips that don't require stars. Obviously, they're, you know, like dual wield is not fantastic outside of mercenaries, but there's, you could hypothetically run a lot before you start looking at star cards. Oh, of course. It's just so, a matter of, mm. it's just a matter of, like you said, having to have a large base attack to begin with. And why would you just not to attack out of it? Yeah, because if you're not hitting, to your point about whether if it's a double pip, as in white-black or blue-black or whatever, you're not getting that other benefit, your half of your combats are going to be super weird. So, And the cards remain, in my opinion, under their equivalents on mm. aspects. Yeah, so, to me, as actual values. Mm. Almost overvaluing the book. Right, Even, right. You know. Limited is a completely different story. Well, that's what I was about to say. There's yeah. a reason for that. Limited yeah. is a thing, from what yeah. I've heard. Yeah. The the word yeah. on the street. Um, so aside from black pips, there was a question in chat that I'll I'll bring up in a second. Um, oh, other was than that, the, was were black pips asked about? That was new. Uh, yeah. So I guess okay. So it was the question was, could we reach a critical mass of orange or blue slash black cards to change it? As in, you know, if we have enough, I'm interpreting it as if there are a gazillion more steady shots that are reasonable cards that are dual pips, would that change? And I think yes, but at that point, isn't it just a blue deck that also has Pierce or, you know what I mean? Right, like this would be like, this is like the Octone Terror, essentially. So, like... I think at that stage, you're just modifying, to bring it back to Spheres, you're modifying the components of the decks in that sphere, but you're still a three-wide blue deck. It's just you have a million Pierce cards. Yeah, I get, the problem is until we have marksmanship that's black or yeah. arm hovercraft that's black and things like that, like it's not... Or characters that justify, oh, when you... It, it, like, uh, what what's the character's name? Flamefeather? The, uh, uh, the fire con that... Turns effectively turns blues or excuse me oranges into blues on defense. So if you had somebody that it, it turned black pips into oranges or blues when it was doing one or the other, then that could change it. I mean, if you had an airstrike patrol black, it would have the same way as well. Exactly. Um, but we don't have those, no, <laughs> so we're, not, we're not right we now. are a little trapped at the moment. Um, yeah. So, aside from the the black black pip piece that was significantly harder to say than I thought it was going to be, <laughs> um, were there any other spheres that you think need to exist? Any other decks that are going to justify their own, or any other overall comments about the idea that you want to add? No, my suggestion would just be to to, to concentrate your playtesting if you're going to any events recently on the top eight decks. Um, understand the relationship between them. It should bear out the way we've just discussed it, but if you find something different or different plays that allow you to do th- different things or different sideboarding options, mm-hmm. it might hold true, but at the same point, like that's where I would start playtesting, uh, but I do believe that, you know, this is a extremely healthy metagame. 
Um, I feel like yeah. there's a lot left to be under a lot left to be discovered. There are a lot because, of cards I still want to play around with. Like, I just didn't yeah, get because to. because the battle cards um, are because because both the characters and the battle cards in this set are just so powerful. There's no way that just one tournament can absolutely with this. So right. And there could be undiscovered play patterns even within the decks that we've seen or other ones that it's, oh, well, if I just do this, that's what changes the matchup around sort of thing. Right. And so. we admittedly, like, obviously haven't play tested every single card, you know, like every single... <laughs> if anybody's telling game, you that so. they did, they're probably lying. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, we had some of these decks going in, obviously play tested against their teams, but even mm-hmm. the play tested. Absolutely. different versions of these going forward, so absolutely well th- i think we're at uh an hour 40 <laughs> i was gonna say an hour 90 minutes but we're over that so never mind uh anything else you want to add before we close up shop scott no uh, we have a local uh qualifier coming up for charity on the 20th of december at games um the charity is going towards our favorite co-hosts um which we didn't hear tonight, I might add. Ooh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, going towards the rescue where I found them, got them, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> where they um, rescued you, Scott. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yes, as puppies. Um, they, uh, uh, the rescue's been taking on a lot of harder cases recently, and there's been a lot of heavily vet, vet bills that I see on it. So, mm. um, and we weren't able to, unfortunately, the Toys for Tots charity that we were able to last year, you have to basically drop off all the toys by December 15th. So we right. actually make deadlines, given the store's limitations. And by the time we got in, life settled down and all that stuff. So it right. will be a PPG tour qualification event, um, as well as um, half the entry, I think, definitely a decent part of the entry fee going to charity. And in case we don't get enough people, we will make sure that we sell them to give them a decent donation for the hobbies. So awesome. we'll hope to see you on the 28th if you live locally within any, any radius. Um, otherwise, hopefully we will be getting news soon on what is going on for 2020 uh, from an organized play perspective. But I do know that there are some things being worked on behind the scenes to kind of just get some information out there. And then hopefully by the next time we record... Given the holiday season, we may have some Wave 5 information. I don't know. I'm I'm a little surprised we didn't get any teasers at the Invitational, to be honest. Outside of conversation. Hmm. Um, yeah, we didn't have, like, that, uh, I think it was for Wave 2, that, that Windblade art at, it, that yeah, was at PAX, true. right? It, like, even if it was something yeah. as simple as that. Um, but we'll see. So yeah, like Scott was saying, if 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 you can make it to this event, great. If not, there there's plenty of charities that are worth investigating and uh, worth uh, donating to or volunteering with. They're, I know it's that time of year. Even if it's out of season, you know, a few months from now, they could always use help. So I think that will do it at this stage. So. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't think, I don't think I, you're gonna make it. Anymore. No, I, I, I gotta close this up quick. <laughs> uh, as always, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching, and please tune in next time for more tech talk.